Yeah, I can see you. I was able to send you a emoji. Yeah, I saw that. All kinds of things are happening. This now I'm seeing some. Uh, I'm seeing a series of emojis. I know the problem. What is it? You got the can. There you go. There's my buddy. <laughs> I have my my paranoia tape. Oh. <laughs> oh, your paranoia tape. Forgot about my paranoia tape. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. My paranoia tape is strong. <laughs> Do you are you imagining that as like the first line of a of a state of the podcast speech? <laughs> the state of my paranoia tape is very strong. It is strengthened by uh, I don't know. Yeah, nice try. I got, I got nothing. That's all right. Uh, I did I did get this though. What? It's a chromatic harmonica. Hey. I find the chromatic harmonica intimidating. I'm not sure what it's for. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I'm not sure what it's supposed to what I'm supposed to do with it. Well, it's a it's so that you have just one harmonica with you. Um that you can use on any song with great effort and um Oh, so it's not so much the pleasures of modulating um at once, but being able to to go into one and stay stay in E instead of just going. Also got a yeah. double read one. You know, you're a bluegrass musician. Wow, that sounds amazing. What key is that? Key. Yeah, it's usually double double tune thirty two reads. Um, it usually says it on the little tabs at the end. Yeah, no. Doesn't say. Well, maybe that's C. chromatic too. C. All right. It's in C. All right. I've never heard that. What an interesting sound. And these were found there, along mm-hmm. with some practice, uh, some practice bagpipe reeds. Oh, all right. Wait, uh, I assume this relative was dead, or are you just ransacking their? What's are the they, question again? Are they lying paralyzed in their bed while they, while you steal their things? Did they ask too many questions? <laughs> uh, a relative of Jill's has uh, moved from a house to an apartment. Oh, okay. The family's helping sort through <clears throat> things that are important and relevant and things that are have been in boxes since the family moved into that house in 1924. Mhm. And are just fabrics. Got it. So there were a couple of harmonicas in there. Uh I'm kind of surprised that you are not an expert on harmonicas that you that you weren't born with a blues harp fused to your lips. I have I've, I have played the harmonica from a young age, but I had never um, um, never tried to fuck with uh, a chromatic harmonica. Yeah, or the double reeded 
I'm gonna look that up. That I've never nor heard. Did I, nor did I ever have a bandolier of harmonicas in different keys. <laughs> you should not in a, a musical context. You should just you should just have that uh, as a fashion accessory. Like so, I could look more like John Popper. Yeah. Uh, well, ex- yeah. Except not while <laughs> not while playing not while playing with a band. <laughs> I got the reference. I just <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, these double reed harmonicas are um, and chromatic harmonicas are are very expensive. Are they? Um, yeah. I think they're. I think they're a pretty complicated little piece of technology. I suspect they're German. Yeah. Um, Honer seems to make most of them, but um, yeah, I have a few harmonicas. In fact, I, I'll show you. I have a. You dropped out. I have uh, this this mug. You come back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I haven't dropped. Oh, out I see two harmonicas and a uh, paintbrush. Yeah, I have. Also, a very nice mug. Yeah, with a, a mug a, with a kitten. Cute um, little kitty cat. Kitty cat's wearing a bow tie. An embossed fashion cat. I've got a. Let's see. This one's a little bit rusty. This is a D. And over here is a. What's this? An a V? No, it's an A. It's upside down. This is from my uh, many key changes song. Um, this is a cheap ass C. And finally, what's this? The E flat is the traditional blues harmonica, right? I I don't know what the hell is this? It E? I think it's an E. I, I had this idea for some reason. This one, unlike the other ones, these are these are all one. I got is a Marine Band, a current production mm-hmm. Marine Band, a kind of older Marine Band, a blues band. I don't know the difference between any of these, but this one says uh, "hot metal" on it. Oh yeah, it does. Which um, why would you put that in your mouth? Don't put hot metal in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um. Are you going to do the Bailey White thing of um, teaching yourself to be uh, virtuosic while on long drives? Was that the um, NPR essayist? Yeah, with a with a creaky southern voice. Sounded like an old lady even when she was like thirty seven. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I have a, a brother who is otherwise unmusical, or would not call himself generally musical, who uh, uh, does long drives um, for work or used to at one point, and uh, became pretty adept at the harmonica, uh, at interstate harmonica. Mm-hmm. I uh, I played harmonica the first time I was ever in a band of any sort was for one week I was tentatively a um, tentatively a probationary member of Truck Stop Love in its <laughs> early earliest incarnation and uh, um, I think I did one practice in the practice shed with a harmonica and it didn't sound too bad but it wasn't quite the direction in which they intended to go right <laughs> 
<laughs> you say that with just a about eighty percent shame and twenty percent just deep pride. Eighty percent of the twenty percent pride, eighty percent approval <laughs> of their choice. <laughs> yeah, they made the right choice. Even if I'd been a better um, harmonica player, I think it's a. Uh, um, it was not necessarily what you needed in yeah. a, uh, um, uh, a rock-oriented alt-country band in 1990. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, who, know, who knows if you had, what would have happened if you had uh, if you had uh, bucked there? Um, oh, indeed, oh, indeed. you resisted. You said, "I'll yeah. I'll leave this I'll leave this band when you tear the harmonica from my cold dead fingers." You'd probably right. be dead, actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I actually, well, I, I actually, uh, <laughs> will, uh, <laughs> I actually did something. Uh, I don't regret it, but I have some feelings about it. I, I uh, politely withdrew my involvement from the from the nascent rock band I had I had been playing with. Had you initiated it? I had initiated it, yeah. That's why I feel kind of bad about it. Um, and the other, the other guys were having a good time. And to their credit, I was also having something of a good time. Um, and I like them very much. Um, they're good musicians and friends. John, who's the, the drummer of my old band, and uh, um, this guy Tom, uh, who's new in town, uh, is a writer because I apparently only start bands with writers, right? Um, uh, and good songwriter, good guy, but it just was he playing the toms? What was he? Playing? <laughs> yeah, he was. He was beatboxing. You could only play. The, could only play the instrument that aligned with your name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I would bang on yeah. a toilet, Zither McGee, with drum and, drumsticks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I was. I wasn't. In, I was enjoying it. I was actually dreading going to practice. I wasn't dreading seeing those guys. I just. Yeah. I didn't have the. I have so little time to do music that I want to just record my own stuff alone. My my old way, which is of doing music, which was the same way I write novels, which is by myself, hermetic, hermetically sealed. Yeah, um, and uh, and Stephanie and I are moving in together, and we're going to do a little music stuff. She's a singer, so uh, and I and I just. I didn't want to go to somebody's basement anymore. I realized the re- one of the reasons I was w- even willing to be in a band last time was that it was at my house, and all mm-hmm. the instruments were always set up and ready to play, so people could just walk in, hand it's me convenient a, a to beer. You. Yeah, very convenient to me mm-hmm. and homey, and it was easy for them too. So there was none of the, you know, only only at gigs did we have to exert ourselves in any way. So, did you have to exert yourself in any way at gigs? Only at gigs did you have to exert yourself. Did you have to go somewhere? No, no. They, well, they the, they had to leave their homes, but they didn't have to bring like literally. Oh, gear wise, gear wise, oh, yeah. yeah. Like who wants to who wants to haul a bass amplifier to yeah. practice, right? So, um, you know, yeah. I, but I had a bass amp, so I just had it set up with the bass plugged in, and Adam would yeah. come in and switch it on and start playing. So now you have the the inglorious bastards rule against uh, no practice in basements. <laughs> Is that an inglorious bastards rule? I don't there's I, a there's, there's a rule never uh, never have a rendezvous in a basement because there's uh, <laughs> usually only one exit. Oh, hi Norm. I did not know that. Okay, that's hey, actually that's actually, that's actually very smart. You come here and say hi to John. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Just, no. Okay. 
Everyone's out of there. Yeah. Um, I like that. It's, it's, there's a moment where you realize you don't have to do what daddy suggests that you do. You, oh, that was... You could do another was, thing. That was early, early with this one. <laughs> the force is strong in this one. Yeah, yeah, it is. I saw the new Star Wars movie. No harmonica in it. Um, not a bit. You mean the the one that came out back in December? Yeah, new. Yeah, yeah, three, four months old. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a there's another one coming out in a few months, I think. The or maybe it's later this year. I can't remember, but it's with Han Han Solo backstory. Uh, with new actors. Yeah. Ben anyway, Aaron Wright. Yeah. So did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the Star Wars movie? It was fine. Yeah. It was fine. I liked uh, Oscar Isaacs. It was good. Um, standing around in control rooms. Yeah, sure. Um, complaining. <laughs> complaining to and about Laura Dern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The logical yeah, inconsistencies good. of that plot line were very irritating, but I love those actors so much that I forget yeah. them. Yeah. I hear, I, like um, I hear some breathing. Is it mine, or is it the breathing of the dog or the child? It's the child, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes, Oscar. I smell some smoke in here from that thing. Yeah, but we'll put some incense sticks in my gardenia smoke. because I have ants in the ceiling, and they're odorous ants. <laughs> and they give off a smell no. of rotted, rotted coconut. Oh no! And so I'm combating the rotted coconut of the odorous sugar ants with, um, with uh, some Ganesh sticks. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is which is leading to a an olfactory uh, celebration. Okay. Well, well, no, well contextualized. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Oh, careful! Don't those that can burn. That can burn you. Yeah, I won't touch. Don't touch it, and don't touch it to anything, because it could cut, set something on fire. Yeah. And it would hurt Norm if you touched him. That's some good parenting there, my friend. It would hurt me. The good parenting would have don't touch, don't touch the thing that's on fire at all. <laughs> Instead of hearing some instructions on how not to play with it, <laughs> here's how not to play with fire. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about harmonicas, about bands in basements. Yeah. Decided not rotten, to do uh, things. Rotten coconut smells. Yeah. Um, those are all good. I looked at the Ithaca Journal this morning. Yeah. And I saw um, uh, the, 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 the main things that were really sent to me on the paper. Of course, you never know what. When you open up a newspaper, what you're seeing versus what it is printing because they tailor things. So maybe this is more about its assumptions about my cookies. But uh, was pushing that uh, a memory of uh, uh, 40 years ago, the Grateful Dead played there. Mm-hmm. And that uh, Fish will be will soon be uh, headlining a uh, uh, something in the summer. Oh, is that so true? Was, uh, the past and future of Ithaca. In uh, told through jam bands. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing this uh, because maybe my cookies uh, tell them that it's it's not necessary to show it's it wa- to me. It's wasted on you. But um, I will say uh, that's a that's a fine lens through which to see the history of Ithaca. Is yeah. the, is the appearance of jazz uh, jam bands? I I think um, I think that Dead Show is kind of famous. 
I think there's yeah. a famous bootleg of it. Yeah. Um, I think it's the it's the one that Nick Palm Gardner writes about in his wrote about a couple of years ago in his New Yorker essay about mixed about uh, uh, Grateful Dead recordings. Yeah. You had a brief, really good. You had a brief uh, obsession with Grateful Dead recordings uh, around the time you were writing that poem, and you found the cassettes at the at the Missoula. You were with shop. me. Yeah. It was, oh, it was a slight a slight interest. Yeah. I mean, I I don't ever want to be considered of, of having any more than a slight acquaintanceship with anything related to the Grateful Dead, including my bluegrass band, which is mostly an olden in the way cover band. But uh, okay. Uh, but, but I'd like to, I'd like to keep the discourse about it to a, to a slight acquaintanceship, sure. with Grateful Dead. Uh, um, I actually, I actually searched for this article that, and I found a different one. Ithaca keeps the Grateful Dead alive for 40th anniversary celebration. This was last year. <laughs> I just saw them like in hospital beds, <laughs> IVs trailing out of there. Yeah. Assistance put you know forming the chords for them. Well, for about forty years ago, <laughs> Let 50 us years ago, die. Topeka is largely marred by the memory of a, a catastrophic tornado in 1966, and maybe the the the, the dead concert serves a similar role in historical memory. Yeah, for Ithaca. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I heard that that dead show uh, knocked out like a whole neighborhood, and uh, in terms of power, or um, no, I destroyed like a whole a little swath, like much like the tornado of nineteen sixty six in Topeka. It started at one edge of town, and yeah, maybe, maybe there's nothing in this article about it. Took down a lot of trees. Yeah, <laughs> we wanted to keep the vibe of nineteen seventy seven, so we kept the ticket extremely low. I guess that means in in price. It was uh, it was uh, six fifty. Seems a little steep. <laughs> six dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of things in Ithaca that were destroyed, um, the Chapter House, a uh, place where right. I, I have listened to and played much music, and uh, which burned down a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, still unclear what caused the fire, although. The um, the speculation tends toward um, the very greasy popcorn machine mm. catching fire, and that uh. probably was not it. But it's the thi- it's the fire hazard we all remember. Yeah, because you <laughs> go fire. in there. Uh, the first thing you do is go get a basket of stale popcorn from the. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always stale. They were they were keeping on top of it, but they never once cleaned it, so you could barely see the popcorn through the. For the grease on the uh, on the windows, and uh, when you heard it burn down, that's the thing that popped in your head. But anyway, they ha- they have that pops, uh, popped into your head. Oh, oh! <laughs> Look out! <laughs> Check the, that out. The building has been rebuilt. It looks quite quite similar, at least in spirit and di- in yeah. dimensions to the old building, including a strange entrance. The bar never used it. Uh, it was always locked, but um, at one time it must have been used on the corner. So it's, you know, the building is at an intersection and the corner that faces the street um, w- was sort of uh, cut off, a frustum, if you will. 
It's kind of mm-hmm. kind of sliced mm-hmm. off, and there was Your a frenulum. <laughs> yeah, one of the, one of those. Yeah, the house has a the building has a frenulum. A frenulum. You're making that up? No. Okay. I'm making it up as an architectural term. Oh, okay. Well, frustum is also not an architectural term, but it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. A small fold or ridge of tissue that supports or checks the motion of the part to which it is attached. In particular, a fold of skin beneath the tongue or between the lip and gum. In yeah, between the, the thumb and the and the, um, the thumb and the index finger. Oh, interesting! Because frenulum. so then it's not the frenulum. The door is not the frenulum. It's, it's the opposite of it's the, the frenulum. Frenulum, a little thing that connects your lip to your yeah. gum. Yeah. See, a frustum is the is the top lopped off of a triangle. Did not know that. Yeah. So, like, uh, the portion of a cone or pyramid that remains after its upper part has been cut off by a plane parallel to its base. So when you go slicing off the top of your pyramid, you get a frustum. Mm-hmm. And a mini pyramid. I guess yeah, that's right, why right. you do it. Right. Yeah. You can't not then get another another pyramid or cone. No, you never run out of pyramids. That's kind of the rule of pyramids. Never run out of pyramids. Mm-hmm. You can get half you can get half to the goal of half of Halfway to uh, the end of pyramids, but you never quite get to it. Exactly, it's a Zeno's pyramid. So, have there, has there been music at the chart house? Are they performing well, music there? It's not even clear. It hasn't. The building is not yet in use. They're still. They're finishing it up. Um, mm-hmm. It's and it's not clear if the chapter house is going to reopen there. The <clears throat> everyone is mum oh, about it. So it may. Yeah. It may just be apartments. It may be something else. There might be a pizza restaurant in there or something. A baby a baby gap. There might be a baby gap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that a, is that still a thing? You know the our mall lost its gap. Lost its gap. It's at the end of an era. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear about that, John. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. I can always go to Syracuse. Uh, uh, the so, gaps of Syracuse. <laughs> the gaps of Syracuse. Um, I read a, a book. Read a book. Uh, finished yesterday, and it is the new novel by uh, Andrew Martin. Oh, it's called uh, what's the name of it? Early work. Early work. That's right. I'm excited to read it. I think he's a fantastic writer. He is a very good writer. Uh, the, the book is extraordinarily well written, very funny, and very sad. Um, the thing that I find interesting to talk about about it, though, is I don't think I've ever seen a book so in the pocket for the for the post MFA life. <laughs> it's like it's literally about what all people, its re- readers are mil- experiencing. There's people milling around Missoula, uh, mostly. Right? Um, maybe R- Richmond, somewhere in Virginia. Okay. Um, and there are some scenes. There's some memories of Missoula, and then there's a there's a late scene in Missoula, um, with lots of like. Uh, it's weird. It's obviously Missoula. It's called Missoula, um, and he <laughs> names all the places in Missoula, except for one thing that he changes the name of, 
and that is the Iron Horse, which he calls the Steel Pony. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> I have to change one thing. It seemed a strange know. choice. But, you know, yeah. he uh, he characterized it as kind of like a, uh, like a bro bar. And I, I guess that it had become that. Um, I didn't go. I well, haven't the, gone in for years. I knew it moved. It's, it was no longer in the train station. But back when we were there, there was it wasn't an old man bar, it, but it was it was not as broy as he seems to be portraying it in this in the novel. It was kind of depot like because it was in the old. It was literally in the old train station as opposed to the depot. Um, it was it was kind of it was nice. It rehabbed an old building. Uh, Jill and I. That was our first date. Was to the Iron Oh, Apple. really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And I uh, would go there sometimes with my roommate, Todd, who was a bro. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bro-y. Um, it was nice. It was one of the only um, – it was a novelty still to be a, a brewery, a restaurant with a making its own beer. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the only one probably in Missoula at that time. Yeah, I, I, uh, I love that. I like, I like a brew pub. The new it's broy the new the new one is broy in the sense that it has a um it's very wings focused. Oh, beer, like a beer and wings special. Yeah, but I like wings and I like beer very much. That's a bro magnet, though, my friend. It really is, especially if there's a like some uh, midweek special. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Where you can effectively eat for free, eat eat unhealthy food for free if you drink enough. Right. Yeah. Right. The staple of my there was a there was an analogous taco situation in my, in my college neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been reading. I'm I'm in a, I'm in a moment where I uh, uh, don't like anything. I'm suspicious of everything. <laughs> yeah. But I have been enjoying um, these detective novels of Nicholas Freeling. Okay. And Nicholas Blake. Which is the pen name of uh, Cecil Day Lewis, the poet? Oh, interesting. The Van der Valk series of detective novels. There's the Van der Valk, and then there's um, uh, another series. I like the Van der Valk, but then he kills Van der Valk and does a uh, uh, has another character. Okay. Uh, Any of these in particular that you recommend? Double Barrel. Nice. Oh, Gun Before Butter. That's a great title. What a great title. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Oh, uh, okay, Cast- yeah. Castang. Castang is the other one, because then Castang is his other uh, detective. I read uh, mm-hmm. I read Love in Amsterdam, I think. Yeah. A I long think time ago. Yeah. Um, great little, um, you know... 170-page afternoon afternoon delights. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This this looks these look great. It's something I need right now. I actually have I have been a little been a little short on funds the past couple of years, and that's mm-hmm. I'm now out of debt and I'm saving some money, which is good because Toby, my younger son, is about to go to college in the fall. So got to this fall. This fall. So that's snuck up on us. I know it really did. Um, he's going to uh, SUNY Stony Brook. Really? Yeah, that's Long Island. Yeah, Long Island. 
Um, that was That's his. Great. That was his number one choice. He really wanted to go there. So um, they have a good theater program, and he likes the theater. Uh, and he liked the campus. Right. He likes a tidy, a tidy new campus, and there's lots of cool new stuff at, at Stony Brook. So anyway, same state, yeah, same state, same state. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I've t- I've been taking tons of uh, book review work. Um, I'm very grateful that it's being offered to me, um, but I'm not saying no to anything. And yeah. uh, as a result, I haven't been reading much for pleasure. Um, and actually, Andrew's book is the first one, first book I've read just recreationally for quite some time. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to four or five months of of more of that. I'm gonna, I'm not going to take any new work for a little while, and yeah. just read. It's very good. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know if something's happening. Skype disappeared from my screen. You vanished for a moment, and then you came back, and now and you're back. back. And and I the, can't explain why. The audio was consistent, so. Right. Skype does what it likes. I, I Skype wants I, what the Skype wants, Ed. Yeah, we're all on Skype in Skype Castle. So did you? Uh, so you like you were reading the two detective series by this one writer, or was there, was there another writer? Oh, Nick, Nicholas Blake is the other. Okay, Nicholas Blake. Two different Nicholases. Okay, different Nicholases. Yeah. Nicholas Blake. Uh, the Nigel Strangeways little, series, right? They're a little older. They don't. Neither one of them feels very old. Um, the the Freeling, particularly, even yeah, though it's. I mean, those are mostly sixties, seventies. Quite. Oh, and there's uh, ebook editions of all these that are very cheap. The Blake mm-hmm. books. The mm-hmm. pseudonym of poet laureate Cecil Day Lewis. That's right. I like the uh, the the, uh, the thou thou shell of death. Mm-hmm. It's a particularly good of the um, strange ways. Okay, um, I am not opposed to Day Lewis as a poet. Not my favorite, but I've, I liked you know I've, I've liked his po- I like the poems. <laughs> Are there poets you oppose? <laughs> oh, there's this poets I read them and don't don't like. Yeah, I don't oppose them. I, <laughs> Not interested in them. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not opposed to uh, reading a, uh, a Cecil Day Lewis poem. Uh, some of his contemporaries more interesting. Yeah, Auden, for example. Sure, Austin, Austin Clark. Um, but the but the mysteries you like. I like the mysteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better mystery writer than a poet. Mm-hmm. Uh, son's a good actor, or grandson, whichever. Daniel son? Day Lewis. Son, right? I don't know. I think it's a son. It might be his grandson. I think it's a son. There's no way to know. Um, there's no way. One to could. Know. There's no way to know. No, there's no. Nothing can tell us. <laughs> Let's see. Daniel. Oh, it's so boring to Google this. I just had a, I had a, just a sudden, just a sudden information fatigue. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I was willing to just let it, uh, uh, let it be unanswered. Okay, the second child of poet Cecil Day Lewis and his second wife, actress Bill, Bill Jill, <laughs> the Balkan. Mm-hmm. 
Balcone. Bill Jalcone. Bill Jalcone. <laughs> All right, Ed. I'm gonna I'm gonna address the elephant in the room, which is your prediction three weeks ago that um, I Don- stand by Donald Trump Thank would resign within the month. I I well I said two months. Did you? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll we give it to you. Gotta look over the notes, but I think I said two months. <laughs> but I, I still think it's true. Um, but one, you know, one can have multiple thoughts. I also think it's true that America is over and <laughs> Trump is president for life. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who there's as many people who would be fine with that as would be uh, um, opposed. Uh, sure, sure. Um, I can't imagine him ever resigning. I think he he has to be removed. Just admitting that he was wrong about anything is is impossible. I think he he would rather resign than be removed. And when removal seems um unavoidable, mm-hmm. like like Nixon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he'll resign in a way that allows him to to uh. Save face, um, save face. Yeah. To feel, to claim victory. He's got a. He has got a hunger for it. He's got a, to claim victory and victimhood at the same time. Yeah, and to not be president anymore. Those. Oh God, You'd like that. Yeah. Those are his deepest desires. I'm sure. Yeah. I think we're in the end game now, though. Well, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I think the uh, the bombing of. The ineffective bombing of Syria was a temporary distraction from all this. As it was last time. Yeah. Oh, it's so depressing. Mm-hmm. Oh, what do you think? Is it, you find it a little depressing? <laughs> I find it a little bit depressing that uh, Donald Trump is the president of the United States. Yes. Like uh, uh, it's affecting your mood. <laughs> yeah. I would say... I would say that uh, it's. I, mm-hmm. I would say that it's making me unhappy. It's, it's a factor. It's a, yeah. Well, I, I guess I can see that. Yeah. I guess I can see how it could affect you, one's mood. Went up to play in the snow yesterday. Oh, we're done. We're done with politics. Um, I've, I've been done. Okay. Okay. Go on. You I've went to done. play in this. In I've the dropped one out. Star- I've dropped out of. I dropped out of everything. I can't. I couldn't. I've been off the. Yeah. The, the bad news machine. The bad news machine, the divisiveness machine. Yeah. Um, thinking almost since uh, since uninterruptedly about death. Yeah. And uh, so we went up to play in the snow yesterday. We went up. Yeah, I don't. Sled to Mount Hood. Oh, okay. Where there's snow. There's like deep snow. Wow. About an hour away from here. Is there a particular place that you that you go there for sledding? White River Meadows, mm-hmm. a little bit past Timberline Lodge, which is the lodge, of course, from the sh- uh, the exterior of The Shining. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit past that, there's a white river that comes off the Mount Hood and a little turnoff and some nice little low hills for sledding and is, dog stomping. Is, is, is hiking a turnoff for you, Ed? That's a big turn-off. Turn-ons um. include... <laughs> ether. 
yeah, I found it on the Oregon OregonHikers.org website, a service of the Trail Keepers of Oregon. Mm-hmm. And it tells you how to hike to Mount Hood Meadows via White River Canyon. Mm-hmm. I guess the meadows are a ways. Didn't go all the way to the meadows. The crypt, the crypt kicker five site. Well, who was it that? What wrote that? Was that the the crypt kicker five? What's that? Was that the guide that you were just consulting? Trail keeper. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was, trail keeper to trapper keeper to one of one of the bands from the Monster Mash. It's, yeah, that's how I had to Google that. <laughs> the crypt kicker five. Yeah. <laughs> there is, of course, an actual band called Crip Kicker Five. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I hope it's a super group. Yeah, they have an album called Rattlesnake Pilgrim. I like that. I hope it's a super group with Christopher Cross, <laughs> um, <laughs> Leslie West from Mountain, uh, Val Kilmer, uh-huh. um, The Return of Bruno. And uh, drums. <laughs> a super group. <laughs> it's just any grouping of any grouping of things. A super group of Abraham group. Lincoln, the state of Missouri, uh-huh. eggs, clouds, and flute. <laughs> a flute. Yeah, yeah. Has to end with a single instrument. <laughs> Unassigned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. But it's nice. It's nice to be up in the mountains. Um, it's so close to us. One of the things that I do when I when I go up to Mount Hood, which we do pretty frequently, uh, there's a, a family cabin. We were up there, uh, readying for the season. Sure. Uh, clipping ferns, uh, scrubbing the deck, washing the windows, and then uh, break for a little lunch. We had some pulled pork, Ooh. Uh, sweet baby Ray's uh, barbecue sauce. <laughs> for a moment, I thought um, you were eating uh, sweet baby Ray's, <laughs> stingrays. Yeah, some sweet baby, pickled baby rays. Yeah, pickled baby it rays. Is, it is the Portland area. We have to pickle it. Yeah. Um, pickled stingray is very big. <laughs> very small, but very popular. Yeah, yeah, more, yeah. More uh, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Although a manta ray, mind you, can be very large. Yeah. Feed a family of 20. Um and these great little shortbread cookies that uh, an aunt had made, like shortbread cookies with chocolate chips in them, as if there wasn't enough sweetness oh, already. Oh yeah, rolled in rolled in powdered sugar, really all the sugars. Nice. Yeah, I had a little problem with them. I, I got into them <laughs> early, and then uh, I was admonished. <laughs> really? Like beyond, beyond, I wasn't. I wasn't just chided for breaking into the cookies early. I was. I was adult to adult admonished. <laughs> I was expecting. I thought I was. I thought I was risking a chiding. You, you're. That's all. I'm. We're almost at the age where eating the cookies early is a is a privilege we can claim. I thought so, but I. I was a disappointment. 
I'm sorry to hear that. Mostly I'm disappointing myself. For for not snatching more before you were caught? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be punished. <laughs> you know, <laughs> might as well enjoy the crime. Steal all the damn cookies. Hide them <laughs> in my car. Shame eat them behind the barn. <laughs> <laughs> one by one, crying. <laughs> Got oh. a gig today. Oh, good. Look now you're gig. you're you're really enjoying playing playing out these days. I well, I enjoy it. Um, it it pays a little bit, which is nice. You're playing the banjo, um, right? Playing the banjo. Um, I am. So I've been doing it for. A, I've been with this group for a year now, just about a year. Yeah. Um, and I am now. I'm. I've. I've gotten. I don't know. If I've gotten better, but I've gotten more puzzled by playing the banjo and trying to play it um, reasonably well for this in this setting. Instead of just like being kind of good at banjo for informal jamming and making music around the house, mm-hmm. trying to get to the point where the song starts and I play the notes right, yeah, um, and then and then don't play when I'm not supposed to be playing, yeah, right, and, and have something interesting to say on the banjo with it, you know, when it's time to to step forward. Um, uh, it's much more technical than I remember it mm-hmm. than I was ever than, I, than it was than it's supposed to be, and so a lot of practicing, several hours a day of practicing in a different way than I used to practice. Kind of looked into, asked around to some other banjo players, like, "Oh, how do you practice? You know, what do you practice when you practice?" And and really kind of realizing that to get it right, you'll have to kind of break it down into, um. You know, in a, in a measure, banjo players might play 16th and 32nd notes. Mm-hmm. And to have to get each measure right takes, it might take an hour. When you to break, get the when measure you break right. it down like that, it sounds terrifying. Yeah. But then it's, it's a, it's, 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 it's a, you know, getting the, the fingers and the timing right is, is some of it. But it's, it's like, uh, uh, it's some of the same pleasures and frustrations of, of, uh, like a crossword puzzle. Or uh, uh, it's a puzzle to solve. Sure. Right. Yeah. You know, there's. I have. There's the the clue. The music is the clues. You know, the sheet music is the clue, or the recording is the clue. I can hear exactly what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what I'm playing. I know exactly what I'm doing wrong. Um, and I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to do it, like which fingers to use and what and what what order. But but doing it is this. This other thing that can only be done through slow and patient application of time and yeah. concentration, which is uh, which I never used to enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. But now, I, now I'm really getting into it. Getting into it, like it's sort of like playing. No, nothing. It's like playing advanced checkers. I wouldn't say it's like chess. Okay, but it's a game. You know, it's a game I'm playing against. I don't know who the opponent is. That's myself. the thing. That's the thing that I have been. The opponent is my stupidity. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm playing. Um, again. I'm trying to fight my stupidity. You've turned it into writing. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Um, the 
the thing I'm doing instead of that is playing video games. And I have, I have to, I've got to pull back a little bit and actually do something where I'm learning. I'm, I have no, uh, nothing to say negative about playing video games. I think they're fascinating, but, um, I feel like the, the thing I used to do when I recorded music by myself and then did it in a different way when I was playing with the Starry Mountain Band was of sloppily what you're describing, which was breaking it down and actually, and, and actually making myself learn it. Um, and it doesn't really come naturally to me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'd like to think that, I'd like to think that, uh, the road to virtuosity always takes that form, but I don't think it does. I think some people, I think some people just can, can do it more naturally than others. But, um, some people have a way with words. Mm-hmm. Other people no have way. <laughs> Steve Martin. So. Oh yeah. Get the citation appropriate. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah, I, I don't remember that joke. Oh man, Eddie, it's been so unseasonably cold. Um, well, March was seasonable in the sense that it was thirty-one degrees every single day, um, without variation, and uh, mm-hmm. we haven't haven't had any warm days. And I'm, I'm a little tired of it. I feel like, I feel like it's analogous to the, to the. Um, everyone now knows that the Trump presidency will end in destruction, and right. self destruction or destruction of the world, but probably, yeah. probably it will fall apart. Um, but it just feels like every day it feels like. Well, every day it's. It feels like tomorrow will be the day that something actually, something actually gives and never does. And I feel like the weather has been paralleling that on the East Coast. It's like, come on, right? It's seasonable weather. It's the, it's the correct weather for the season for the winter that tries men's souls. Yeah, yeah. it should be snowing. It should be snowing in July. It shouldn't be snowing in July, in Ed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the July of the soul. The July of the news cycle. <laughs> What are you going to do this summer? Um, well, aside from wading through the post-Trump nuclear wasteland, <laughs> hip, hip deep. Um, I have sold to Gray Wolf a uh, subdivision. Oh, very good. Yeah, so very I'm good. delighted to buy this, and also to my pleasant surprise, they also wanted the story collection. So, um, though I think. My editor and I agree that needs a little more work than the novel. Um, I think it will mostly be cutting in the case of the story collection, mm-hmm. um, which began as just a hodgepodge of every weird thing I've done for the past five years, but right. has sort of taken on a form. Um, yeah. And my editor sort of sees an even sharper form within that form. So we're going to go for that. Um, but uh, I think I'm going to be spending the summer revising subdivision. So this is April. So you think six months of revising it or so? Yeah, I think so. The yeah. contract, I, I literally signed the contracts right before I called you, and they say yeah. that the manuscript is due January of 2019. So okay. that seems appropriate to me. Uh-huh. I thought it was in pretty good, pretty good shape, the draft that I read, i got to say. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I, 
I feel like the character's backstory, I, the the trick that I'm trying to do with it is there's no flashbacks. There's not a single flashback in the book. That would be fine. That would be good. Yeah. So and that and as as written, it's like that. the The problem is. The whole book is based on what happened to the character in the past, and it was like a deliberate, deliberate uh, task I was setting myself. Can I write a story about trauma without having a single flashback in it? And the problem is that the that the um, the the backstory version of the character is is incomplete, um, and I have to find a way to evoke her predicament. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to talk around what actually happens in the book. Something happened to her in the past, and she can't think. Literally, cannot think about it. The book will not let her think about it. So it's but it has to the situation and her character's in, intersection with the situation have to be evoked in some way, and in a way that makes her a full and real person and not a, a kind of um, victim of of circumstance. I mean, we're all right. victims of circumstance to a certain extent, right. but. Um, so I think that's going to be the that's going to be the challenge. It's a good challenge. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, the the draft I read um, had a, a a unity and energy that that won prizes, and that and that you won't lose by working <laughs> on that. Sure. Thank you, and I I'm confident that I can that I can do it. Um, no, no flashbacks is a very nice. It's a polite rule. It's a courteous rule, isn't it? I think, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's one of those things that um, a few books ago, I realized that uh, I suddenly, I suddenly saw all of my my work, my entire career as a fiction writer, as um, just descriptions of people's feelings, and. I be, be in that in the moment of that epiphany became utterly tired of descriptions of people's feelings and tried to excise them completely from my work and that ended up being um familiar. I did I put a few feelings back in. There's feelings. Yeah, there's feelings. Feelings but, are evoked by imagery and and yeah. Feelings are evoked. Yeah. So this no time matter what. Yeah. this this time the thing that I wanted to excise was backstory i just got i was sick of writing i was sick of explaining the present through the past i was sick of writers giving me backstory when you get that fucking white space and the past perfect there's a part of me that wants to throw the book across the room um because the tone changes yeah um any any movement forward is is lost and never regained Mm -hmm. it's insulting (laughs) <laughs> well, it's just lazy. Insulting well, and lazy. It, except when it isn't. I mean, uh, but it. I feel like every now and then a basic, uh, a basic component, a, 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 a pretty much constantly used tool from the literary toolbox suddenly foregrounds itself. It's not invisible to you anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you hate it because it's asserted itself too stridently. Um, I feel like, I feel like this is a useful, this is kind of, it, it was kind of my equivalent of playing, you know, of, of breaking down every measure of your banjo part. Mm-hmm. It's like, you have to, in order to get better at the banjo, you have to not quote unquote, play the banjo. You, ha- you have to 
take it apart and put it back together. And uh, um, I feel like my middle career, I hope this is my middle career and not my late career. Um, I think it's your early career. Oh, first later in the later in the the later in the the first phase of your career. Okay, I'll I'll accept that. Um, uh, I feel like the time has come. The first, all right. So if we say the the first part of it was learning to do the stuff, this yep. part is now. Um, Ten it, books of learning to do the stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now is. The past few years, it's been uh, denouncing the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, and then re- reconciling with the stuff. Reconciling and, with the stuff. Reconciling with the stuff. Mm-hmm. Drop the G in. It sounds a little more folksy. Yeah, okay. I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got it. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. what I'll spend my summer doing is reconciling with the stuff. Well, I'm glad to know that that uh, they uh, um, continued their good taste in, in choosing to publish the book. Yeah, I am delighted. They seem very happy with the book and glad that it's mm-hmm. all, it's kind of off the beaten track for me. Hold on, I have to mm-hmm. re- I respond to a text message. Stephanie's going to uh, Stephanie's in New Haven. She's going to Trader Joe's, which we don't have here in Ithaca, and says, "Want anything from TJ's?" And I have an answer to that. I have the same answer to that question that I always give, which is um, crystallized ginger. How is there not a Trader Joe's in Ithaca, New York? I have no idea. Apparently there's one in, um, there's one in Syracuse, but not here. We have a really good uh, health food store called Green Star. um, Mm -hmm. That's sort of a sort of Trader Joe's ish. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, the whole, the whole point of Trader Joe's is their, um, their own branded snacks, which they put a ton of effort into and which are much better than their um, conventional equivalents. Like they have a right. chip, they have a, no, chip, a, a chip, which it's, it's the most delicious chip, which I've ever had, you know, with yeah. the two chocolate yeah. chip oh, cookies yeah. and ice cream in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, in fact, I'll link to it. But you see, I can't buy the chip, witches in New Haven and then drive them back to Ithaca. Not without a cooler or something like that. Well, I you know, like the sort of thing where they, where you would be like conveying like a a, a a transplant kidney or something. Yeah, some dry ice and a sense of urgency. <laughs> um, here's the here's the uh, description of Trader Joe's. Uh, little article about Trader Joe's sublime ice cream sandwiches. And those who follow me on Instagram probably saw um, that a while back I posted a photo of the, the text on the, um, on the, on the package, the ice cream sandwich package. And it mm-hmm. reads just like, you can't read it and not think of it in poetry reading voice at like open mic poetry reading voice. Yeah. Vanilla ice cream. Sandwiched between chocolate chip cookies and rolled in mini chocolate chips. Anyway, the, the, the text says, nothing subliminal about it. These ice cream sandwiches more than live up to their name. Subliminal, mm-hmm. sublime, they're saying. 
Trader Joe's Sublime Ice Cream Sandwiches came to fruition some years back when we had an ice cream epiphany and realized we could do better, way better, than most of the ice cream sandwiches we found in freezers around the country. Not to insinuate that it was easy, not at all. It took months and months of tasting and retasting by our panel. Yes, it's a messy job, but someone had to do it. When the chocolate chip cookies finally reached the proper crunchy-chewy ratio, which changed, by the way, depending on how long they'd been frozen, we moved on to the ice cream. It had to be truly transcendent, and so on. And uh, they are not kidding. It's real yeah. good, real good stuff. Really good. Well, I think the next time you come to Portland, which I hope will be uh, as soon as possible. Sure. Maybe you'll come next year for the um, the um, the nightmare, the well, annual nightmare. Uh, it, oh yeah, I'll definitely be there for that. Mm-hmm. Man, I I can't freaking find the where are the messages. <laughs> Skype is so terrible. T- today they are um, with. Oh, I just disappeared you again. Oh God, where are the Fucking messages, Skype. man? Skype, Jesus Christ. Well, now you disappeared. <laughs> Where's anything, John? I don't get it. How about if I click this window float? There's a little photo. Photo. Oh wait, that wait. No, For me, it's near that's... the upper right-hand corner. There's a little blobby. I don't have the blobby. I have a little... Ha- oh, wait. Here's some... Wait. Maybe this is the... Uh... There, there, there. Uh, rubyjewel.com? Is that what you said? Rubyjewel. Yeah. All right. All right. Got it. This is our local uh, artisanal chip witch. Oh. Oh, yeah. And it is fucking fantastic. It is. Oh, Eddie, we're going to go to this. Debasedly good. Yeah, artisanal chip witch. Yeah. We got the oatmeal uh, chocolate chip and butterscotch, uh, double chocolate caramelized coffee, brown sugar, Oregon strawberry. That's the standard. Is this the at stra- the uh, – Lemon and honey lavender. Oh, Very man. nice. Is this at the little uh, food truck uh, park? They don't have a truck. They might have started as a truck because everything in Portland started as a truck. Uh-huh. I think even like gas stations here started as little pop-up food trucks. Yeah. What do you sell here? Diesel. <laughs> oh, one one tin of diesel, please. <laughs> oh, and and three of those mustache waxes. <laughs> yeah, uh, mustache wax is free. Oh, oh good. With every tank, these look. These they've, look they've, got a, they've got shops uh, on uh, on the the, the 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 fashionable but not too expensive um, commercial lengths of Mississippi and Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. Well, the Ruby Jewel on Mississippi Avenue, which is, is right next to a really great comic book store, mm-hmm. a good barber, a, a place that sells just sells salt. <laughs> wow! Um, yeah, the premium. Um. It's a good little strip, sort of a comically Portland strip, but uh, when you're there, you're not making fun of it because of the excellent ice cream and the great comic books. Sure. Mm. Hold on, I'm going mo- to mute so I can blow my nose. I don't think mm. that worked. I didn't hear any nose blowing. Well, I hadn't done it yet. I didn't oh, hold the button down long enough. I see. I can't stand buttons that, though they have a they have a mechanical feel to them, are actually not digital. They're mm-hmm. actually digital. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, if you want, if you have, if you want to have a digital button, that's fine. Um, I I poke at my phone all day. I understand the digital button, but uh, if you're going to make a mechanical button, make it freaking mechanical. Give me, yeah. a, give me instead a put- of uh, initiating or... initiating mute sequence now. <laughs> yeah. Just mutes it. Yeah. 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 Oh, I still God. don't have I still don't have you on my screen, but Oh really? I don't think anyone cares. Oh well, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, what are you gonna have for lunch today? That's a good question. I've mo- I've mostly eaten all my food. This is the day when uh, I go and pick up my kids and um go to the supermarket. So yeah. I got. I bought some. I guess, so a couple of friends of ours um, decided to cut down on the carbs, and not completely, and not not, not like they're still still eating vegetables. They're not going full Atkins, mm-hmm. um, but just fewer carbs, and they lost a bunch of weight and feel good. So I thought I'll give that a try, and I'm sort of giving it a try. But then I was at the supermarket the other day, and I saw my. How do beloved, you know they feel good? My well, they cl- they look good. They claim to feel oh, good. Uh, um, I, what I'm saying is that, like, having a dinner of pasta with some bread on the side and then oh, yeah. at midnight eating a bowl of uh, flavor-dusted pretzel chunks and a glass of yeah. whiskey is maybe not a, something I should do every day. So I think that's something you should do every day. <laughs> uh but but I was at I was at the supermarket and our local Wegmans has this delicious cheese bread. It's a soft white bread with oh yeah uh, with like veins of cheese running through it and a and a huh. and a beautiful yellow brown uh, crust. And they sell it. They they'll sell you half a loaf that's pre sliced. Yeah. Um, and I just can't resist that. So I ha- I'll probably eat some of that. Maybe an that apple. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Maybe some maybe some cheese and an apple and maybe a piece of cheese bread. How about you? Well, you haven't even eaten breakfast yet, I bet. It's early. No, I had I had a slice of toast with some uh, crunchy peanut butter on it sure. and a cup of coffee. Um sure, I sure. would like toast toast and peanut butter. Yeah. That's my that's my favorite thing. I used to eat that a lot, but for some reason it I fell out of uh the habit. Maybe I should maybe I should do it again. Mm-hmm. What my my the main delivery vehicle for peanut butter for me lately is the spoon. The spoon is good. Also, the knife. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if yeah. the if and, the sp- uh, occasionally even like the the um, around the edges if the if if it's almost over the pinky. Yeah, <laughs> when the yeah. utensil drawer is four or five feet away and you just want some yeah. peanut butter right now. I suppose you could just cram your face into the peanut butter jar, but as. I often give like the almost empty peanut butter uh, to my dog, who yeah. even even the dog has trouble getting to the the bottom of a peanut butter jar does, with his tongue. But I think does he end up with a bloody tongue? Well, well, it's a plastic uh, jar. Yeah, but the inside edge is always kind of kind of sharp. sharp. I, I maybe I should stop doing that then. Well, if he's uh, not bleeding, then it's then he's yeah. then he's crack well, that he's crack that nut. Had a, had the best uh, uh, had dinner last night takeout from uh, the best pho place in town, which is saying a lot because the town is half the river is half pho, half excellent pho. <laughs> uh, we have wait. one whole river. 
Wait, what's it called? Fur Oregon. Called Fur Oregon. Okay. On 82nd Street. They, uh, I'm glad they resisted Far again. <laughs> they might get there eventually. Most people, most people would not. They should have call been it Far again. They should call it Far. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm they sure should not exists. call it. For, whoa! The I'm looking at the website and the um, uh, the <laughs> the transitions between the fo- there's an animation of different photos of the restaurant. It's a terrible website. It's a terrible website. But the tri- like the this the the wipes between shots are extraordinary it's it's like george if george lucas would would envy it <laughs> that's some cheesy ass shit uh yeah yeah great great yeah interesting there's there's um a picture at the bottom of rings as though and the and the they're basically they push they push their banquet service they also yeah. have a banquet place so a lot of weddings all the pictures are. are of weddings of a wedding yeah. 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 That's okay, sure. Good. The wedding the wedding rings is very odd though. It's a very strange thing <laughs> to put on your, you think? Yeah. your pho restaurant website. Yeah. Um but Come, this is have some pho and and find the love of your life. But are you making a claim that this is the best pho in uh Portland? I am I am agreeing with the general consensus that it's the best pho in Portland. Okay. Um just uh uh a distinction of, of significance because there are is a lot of very good pho right. and other Vietnamese specialties in Portland. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no new restaurant news. Um, I haven't been eating out much, but um, because Stephanie's moving here, um, mm-hmm. I've got to I've got to go do all the favorite New Haven things um, when I go out there in a few weeks. So. Gonna be Rich Farms ice cream and Frank Pepe's pizza and oh, what that reminds me of one thing I wanted to tell you on the podcast. Um, the people have probably already seen this if they like food shows, but Netflix has this. I think it's Netflix. This new documentary series starring David Chang, the chef David Chang. Yeah, um, and I'm a fan of his from. I've never eaten mm-hmm. his restaurants, but I'm a fan of his from Top Chef and uh, where he sometimes appears. Uh, and it's just him. They pick, they pick a food item, and then he travels around the country with various friends or around the world, sampling different variations on that food item. And the first episode is uh, pizza. Mm. They and, go to New Haven. Uh, mm. Yeah, they go to New Haven, and they eat, they eat at Frank Pepe's. Uh, although, um, actually, there is a new food item that I've been eating. A new restaurant I've been going to as a result of this show. And that restaurant is Domino's Pizza. Um, it wasn't until David Chang confessed that he really likes Domino's Pizza. And he said, yeah, I always get the, the crunchy thin crust. I didn't realize that how many variations there were of the pizza you could get at Domino's. And this crunchy thin crust pizza, and they cut it, they cut it into little rectangles instead of, yeah. that's the, the kind of distinguishing characteristic of it visually. It's really freaking good. I'll it's, have to try it. I haven't had good. Domino's pizza in 20 years. I am shocked. I've occasionally gotten a Domino's pizza because it's fast. Like if the, kid, the kids are having are they, friends. Are they still uh, um, uh, pro-life supporters? Uh, they're not. I think Tom Monahan is out of the biz. As far as I know, anyway. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know either. 
Yeah, uh, but I can, oh, I can I actually recommend it. What? You can see the ants on the ceiling. Um, hold on. Let me let me uh, let me blow right it up. up. Ew! Are yeah. they crowded around the light there? That there's a spot where they where they get out where they escape the heat of the the fixture. So you have a reeking ants in your house. Smell like rotting coconuts. Uh, have you consulted with a um, exterminator? Oh, I have. I have. Uh, um, I'm going to buy the right product tomorrow. Hopefully that that'll take care of it. A because n- it's because they're on the bomb. ceiling. It's hard to use the the borax. Sort of this mixture of borax, salt, and water. That and then they take it back to their hive and it dries it out. Um, but because they're on the ceiling, they can't just leave things on the ceiling because they right. would fall to the floor. You could put them inside the light fixture. I'm not really going inside the fixture. They're sort of above. It's kind of a flat fixture. It's kind of distributed against the ceiling. So. Oh, how horrifying! Yeah, they they don't bite or anything. Yeah, but they stink. They do stink. I'm so it's sorry. Not that, it's not so unpleasant. It smells sort of like a um, like some weird candy you'd get. <laughs> Um, very good. I started going to Weight Watchers. That's one thing. Really? Yeah. It's like a, like the meetings. What do you, is it, is it like a 12 step type of situation? Um, it is, it is and it isn't. Cause I have a friend who's in, who's in the straight, is in Overeaters Anonymous. She's, which is a straight up 12 step program. Yeah. No, this is, this is not, um. This is more no no it's, it's definitely not because because uh, the, the message is is uh, be reasonable with your food. <laughs> it's not a popular message. Well, it's it's, it's a step forward. It's like yeah. be, uh, think about how much you're eating and be reasonable with it instead of um, you have lost control or you need to you know radically change your life and work on your issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say you don't need to. Yeah, I'm not going to. <laughs> but I, I but I but I might I might uh, um uh I might be a little healthier if I if I'm reminded frequently that it's a value to be reasonable. Sure. About food. Sure. Well good luck. It might help. Yeah. L- like John Popper, uh you may uh you yeah, I'm not going to go to the John Popper. Popper. Popper did the uh, bariatric the surgery. surgery. Yeah. yeah, that's terrifying. I don't. I, don't I talked about it to my doctor. He's like, "Oh, you don't need to do that. Yeah. You just need to be a little more reasonable about your food." Yeah. Says so if you get to that, I'll tell you when you're that. I said, "I'll tell you when you need that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, it, it, that's a good thing to hear because you don't want that. Which is like that's that the 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 surgery is useful if the alternative is like uh, dying. Yeah. Like if you if you've uh, uh, like if it, it can be a solution to, um, sort of you know like sudden kind of weight related diabetes or like real mobility things. Mm-hmm. It's like you're healthy. You know your heart rate's fine. Everything's Good. healthy about you. You're just fat. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Don't be so fat, you'll be fine, you know. Okay. So. Well, that's fair. But it's a, it's a, um, I wish, I wish it was called something else. Uh huh. object. The meeting's not so bad. Um, what would you want it to be called? What would snacks you are horrible. 
Of course they are. You're supposed to not there's eat no too snacks. many. There's no snacks. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, um, I don't know. Something else. Wait, watch your sound. It's not like a neighborhood watch. There's a paranoia to it. Yeah. There's surveillance involved. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to disentangle myself from the um, uh, from the open source surveillance state. <laughs> sure you are. Yeah, yeah. This is a good time. This is a good era to do that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you don't. You can ignore the name as you. Yeah. You know. As you surveil yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck. We're going to take Oscar over to a play date. Great. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this up on the internet and uh, go, go pick up my gentleman. Uh, have, a, have a great time. I will. Say hi to the gentleman. Oh, yeah, always. Um, all right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Au revoir, John. Are you hungry for lunch? Then let's have lunch Do you want some lunch? Well then we'll give you some lunch Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch Box with engine That's right, it's time for lunch